Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. What I remembered was downtown where the lights shine bright. The ATF agent I spoke to pulled it up, and it's downtown by Petulia Clark. Downtown. I'm healthy. How do we know that you're healthy? I'm fine. Look at me. Do you, do you understand that people... spread is not a thing. You need to think about what you say before you say it. It's offensive to talk about the survival rate and disregard all of the people that have died from COVID-19. Uh, Kaylee McEnany, I, I never booked her. Uh, Jason Miller from... Uh, the Trump campaign. I would never book him. I mean, these are just people who just, they just tell lies. We very well might see a post-seasonal, in the sense of Christmas, uh, New Year's surge. So we end 2020 with the jackassery in full <clears throat> advancement. This is, there's a show, there's a news item in Worcester, Mass here, where some idiot teenagers uh, threw bricks off of a bridge and have gravely injured somebody. <clears throat> I was just thinking about that over the weekend, actually, and thinking, wow, there's people who do that. And I mean, that seems like, that seems like the payoff for that is, wouldn't be great. The brick goes through the car and hits somebody in the head and then that crashes and, I don't know. That's something. That's What's been... the possible upside? Is it? What's the good thing? That I don't know. Happen? A five hundred car pile up for like the, <laughs> the, the that's like sadistic little dudes would like. Yes. I don't know. <clears throat> Isn't that what they do? Do you remember that weird McCullough Culkin movie? That was like, was it the Good Son or something like that? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think I saw it in the theater where he's a bad seed. Yeah, yeah, we, and my... they like drop a. Like a dummy off of the overpass and cause a car accident. Isn't yeah, that something they that. do in that? Because that's like sadistic psychopath behavior. I think Frodo Baggins that... was in that with him. Is he really Elijah Wood? Yeah, that was the other kid, the good oh, kid. Oh, I don't remember Elijah that. Wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My brother and I saw that in the theater in Hopkinton, uh, Tennessee. That was a weird Kentucky. one. Kentucky. I saw that like when I was maybe not a really young kid, but like 
I was like, oh, Macaulay Culkin is in yeah. this. Cool. And then I was twisted and Well, it would have been 92 forever. or 93. Uh, well, I didn't see it right when it came 92. out. But I'd seen The Home Alones. And I was like, oh, Macaulay Culkin. Like, look. Another fun movie with Macaulay yeah. Culkin. And it was not. And I was like permanently scarred and traumatized. Yeah, everybody <laughs> goes through one of those, actually. You should let <laughs> us know if you've been uh, tricked into thinking that a new fun movie is coming out when it's actually going to be a horrible Another one movie. that happened to me with, though? Truman Show. Loved Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Jim Carrey thought he was the funniest mm-hmm. thing around. Went and saw the Truman Show, and I was not disturbed and traumatized like I was with that McCullough Culkin one, but uh, I was confused because it wasn't funny. Right. No, I saw. Uh, I, I but, but but it wasn't horrific. Like, no, so, it wasn't. But so, I was expecting Ace Ventura, I, I Pet Detective. So when I was a kid, Burt Reynolds was a huge star. He was this thing, and he was in all these comedies, Cannonball Run, etc. So he was awesome. My brother and mm-hmm. I liked him when we were little kids. And he was in this movie um, that was um, that came out, and we were just little kids. And we convinced our dad to take us to the new Burt Reynolds movie, because he's a funny guy in movies. And he took us to a movie called Sharky's Machine, um, which people may remember featured uh, Burt Reynolds being uh, restrained while... Um, Bad guys cut his fingers off. Ah! Oh. As kids, we are watching this. Yeah, sorry, Sally. It was just a movie. <laughs> Sally's just in a the movie. room, by the way. In case you're wondering how Tom's parenting goes, they, in the same movie, they blow somebody away through a door with a sawed-off shotgun, mm. and then somebody at some point falls like 500 <laughs> stories. So, what did your dad do? Did he remove you from the theater? Or? No, I, he he may have won. He may have dropped us off there, or he probably was like, "Oh." God, I hope this gets funny at some point. <laughs> um, but uh... Uh, okay, so speaking of uh, disturbing dismemberment, uh, we have sad news. Yeah. On the chicken front. Um, not about little Jerry Callahan. No, thank, thank God goodness. he is fine. Little Jerry, little Jerry is alive and well. However, a hawk did manage to finish off one of our chickens. Zippo the chicken is no more, and um, we have the attack on video. A hawk took out Zippo and uh, it m- mauled the body for uh, maybe Alice. like 15, 20 Alice. minutes. People well, have grown to love these chickens. I know, but I had to go uh, okay. you had retrieve to go Zippo, recover. who was fully... You recovered. Uh, right. Alice, Alice, don't say what he was fully. I know Decapitated. That you, she, of course. You're a sick person. <laughs> People will be able to, will understand very shortly that I'm not the sick one here. <laughs> no, I was just, it was very sad. The children have not watched the video. Yes, that is good. The kids it, haven't seen the video. Well, the of video Zippo is being attacked. what what blew me away about the video. We have we didn't, by the way. I want to. Okay, guys, we didn't set up the video to watch chicken uh, massacres. What we just have a security camera out there, and it caught the initial attack from the from the hawk. And, and I got to tell you what I was blown away by because this hawk is not a huge hawk. Mm-mm. I was blown away about how violently fast the attack was. Mm-hmm. This guy came out of nowhere and was bang, was nailing. He went off, went after one, after one guy and got the other guy. And he was, he was a tough guy. And he attacked another chicken today. As a matter of fact, Alice yeah. saved the life. I had to save the life of Hedwig, another chicken uh, who the hog went after this morning. R.I.P. Zippo. R.I.P. Zippo. He was Zippo. one of the we nice ones Zippo. that I liked. One December twenty sixth, Boxing Day. One of the black chickens that we got. We've got mm-hmm. uh, two black ones that I really like. Well, yep. now An- we have one. Those two are Noir Morans. Yeah, oh, okay. And and then there's little Jerry Callahan, of course. Well, mm-hmm. two black ones with white spots. Which I don't love. Who's, Jerry is a I mean, I'm fine with them. Jerry okay. is a golden comet hen. Is he really? Yes. So I've sent you some pub shots 
mm-hmm. of little Jerry Callahan. <laughs> okay. Alice, and we have good news. It looks mm-hmm. like that we are on track for our live store to be uh, open tomorrow. Or today, if you're listening, if it's Monday for you right now. For us, it's mm-hmm. Sunday night. It's looking like the merchandise store is going to be live Monday, December 28th. Is that the right date? Yes. And um, the merch store will be live. You will be able to purchase your little Jerry Callahan apparel, your 1570 apparel, your standard Burn Barrel podcast apparel, etc. Things like, but not exactly, a certain drinking vessel that Alice Shattuck is using for her show water right now. Similar. That is by the sister. Okay. It's, uh, thank you very so much. So this was a, a, a Christmas gift from my sister, who you've met on this podcast. Mm-hmm. She actually created some uh, merchandise um, prototypes for us to have, including a calendar and some cute mugs that she she had made for us just um, in celebration of the holiday and our our podcast and everything. So that was fun. Also, I want to give a shout out to Toast Cat because we had a very merry Toastmas on Christmas Eve and we loaded up our to-go cups of uh, Toast Super Secret hot chocolate recipe um, that she had given us for Christmas and we went and saw the laser show at River Run Farm in West Newberry. You should check this laser show. If you live around here, if you're in or southern New Hampshire, Massachusetts, this is a pretty... Pretty damn cool laser show. I figured it would be like happy reindeer and things like that for Christmas. No, this guy is a hardcore believer in something. But it, it, <laughs> this is like if you was, go to the Museum of Science and you watch the Pink Floyd laser show concert. This is like at that level. Well, yeah, but it's it's at that level, but it's also more trippy because it's, it's happening on a kind of bucolic farm mm-hmm. with these you know high power lines that happen to run through the mm-hmm. farm that that you know that reflect the lasers or absorb yeah. the laser, whatever it is, and these beautiful old trees. It's really a cool yeah, place it's to hitting watch. all the trees. There's like fog machines going. It's crazy. It's awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. I hope everybody had a very good Christmas, by the way, and that your holidays were awesome. I hope um, that you um, weren't in downtown Nashville a couple of days ago for Man. for this bizarre explosion that is unbelievable. That only the bomber died. Crazy, crazy, an RV full of whatever I used to, to detonate, and it blew the hell out of this area, which is really the epicenter for tourism in the Just area. Just an incredible amount of damage. It's amazing. It is amazing yeah. that there were only a few injuries and nobody died from this. Yeah, it is. And it's interesting. We played the police talking about you know what they had heard. You, mm-hmm. you, you may have seen this video already with this recorded voice saying a bomb's going to explode, evacuate, evacuate, which is bizarre in itself. It's, mm-hmm. I don't know where that's from. I'm sure we'll find out soon. Um, but, uh, you know, he th- was also playing a song, which really verifies that the guy was nuts. Specifically remember, and we found out later, what I remembered was downtown where the lights shine bright. Later, the ATF agent I spoke to pulled it up, and it's downtown by Petulia Clark was a specific huh. song that was played. It's a great song. But <laughs> Ruined now forever for many people. It's a great song, Petula Clark. She's got that and a couple of more. I think To Serve With Love may have been her as well, and then one more as well. Early 60s, Beatles time. It's a beautiful song. When you're alone and life is making you lonely, you can always go. Downtown 
When you've got worries, all the noise and the hurry seems to help us. So it's a really lovely and gorgeous song from 1964. It's also absolutely a song an insane person would have piping through into the neighborhood right they before he exploded. Yeah. Yeah. It's it perfectly is. when you set it to that is perfectly macabre. No. It's absolutely uh weirdly disconcerting to have that going. And uh so apparently he like deeded his house over to some ex or something, somebody he knew. Oh man. And then like disappeared and did this and also some people are saying he was really worried about 5g towers and that might be why he exploded himself by the uh at&t store or the at&t whatever because he did screw up uh cell phone communications in like two states both in uh, kentucky and tennessee i guess so i don't know this seems like a sort of standard psychotic person i don't know not any kind of politically motivated thing but it's kind of hard to say at this point i don't know i uh, and it seems like maybe i mean i don't know he was telling people to evacuate so that was nice of him i guess still definitely could have killed a lot of people i mean people could have you know there were everybody's windows no, it was, were blown in is, nearby the whole and thing like, is bizarre and the, the the video of it is crazy i'm just looking for something you know, it's wild um, Shattuck, here you go, Tom. Um, so, you know, we, we've written a, uh, an editorial for the Lowell Sun that talks about just, uh, this, I mean, this may have been the result of this guy not getting it, it, the health care he needed, just being driven crazy by lockdowns. He mm-hmm. might just be wacko. Maybe, um, maybe it was a mental health issue where he couldn't get the resources, which is happening all over the place. Or who knows what it is. But this year has been a bad year for crime statistically. I just want to read a couple of uh, highlights or lowlights, unfortunately. And, and most of this crime, you know, in some areas crime is down. And in for, in, for instance, in community and private home break-ins are down because people are home now. And so people are a little more reticent to, you know, smash a window and, and go right. in when people are inside there. Especially in half of the country where you could get shot trying to do that. Um, <clears throat> but... Let's listen to this, what's what's happened this year. And this is a mixture, obviously, of COVID, but largely of the disgraceful uh, cultural, cultural revolution that we had this year that people continue to pat themselves on the back for. New York City shootings jumped by 112% in November, 115 reported by NYPD. In, 19, in 2019, last year, the total number of shootings for the same month was 51, 51 up to 112 for the entire year, shootings are up 95%. Wow. So basically yep. just double, pretty much. Give or take. Yes, right. So yeah. at the time, uh, the as of November, there were 1,412 uh, shootings. Last year, for the whole year, there were 721. Wow. Uh, the total numbers of murders in New York City are up 38. Numbers of murders in New York City are up 38% compared to 2019. Uh, in Boston, homicides are up 54.3% in 2020 over 2019. Fatal shootings are up 57.1%. Non-fatal shootings are up 42%. Uh, as of November, Los Angeles had recorded 300 homicides for the first time in a decade. That's up from 257 uh, homicides reported in all of 2019. As of last month, last month, Philadelphia had reached the third highest single-year homicide total in the last 60 years, the highest in 30 years. Shootings were up over 60% year over year. Homicide rate in Houston, Texas skyrocketed 
2020, up 44% as of November. More than 350 people have been murdered, surpassing the number of fatalities during the last spike in 2007. It is interesting. I mean, it's hard to blame this on uh, economic problems because, you know, if, if you see crime go up from economic concerns, then you would expect to see, like, more robberies and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like, people desperate. And I think those things are up. You know, certainly I've been see- and this is anecdotal, but in the news I've been seeing lots of bank robberies happening. Um, lots, Especially people just show up in a mask and demand money from the cashier. That's been happening a lot. But, like... um. This isn't that. This is murders. This is violence. This, it's yeah. sort of odd. It's not, and it's not clear to me. I mean, very clearly, there must be some connection to what's going on in the world, but it's not obvious to me um, exactly what the connection is. I mean, I suppose lockdowns might make you go out well, and murder but it's, somebody, it's, but like, it's the fact that cops, community policing, essentially has taken a step back. Uh, cops are not engaging, are not answering calls like they would, are not pro- being proactive like they Why would they want to? Because you're going to get on camera and and you doing your job could cost you your livelihood. So, but I have a question. Was the murder rate up before, say, June when all the like defund the police stuff happened? Or was For it the only data up? I got, no. But, okay. uh, but there could be. I, I had limited so, data. I went yeah. state by state. So I didn't I'd have a comprehensive. So I'd be really curious right. about, um, and I haven't looked into it. Maybe somebody has compiled this, like the month over month data. I'd be mm-hmm. really curious when this trend started. I mean, were things already on their way up in March, <clears throat> like with the lockdowns, or is this based more? But, but still, more this on is the... this is gunplay. So right. this so, stuff is not as if these mm-hmm. are they're folks who are now out of work and are now having to turn to crime for the first time. I'm sure that a little bit of that has been happening, right? But this is gunplay with intent to kill. I mean, this a lot of this is gang incursions, and at least for the LA stuff that I've read, um, they they didn't know that the cops are not around anymore, and that the cops are not going to be a, a legit mm-hmm. buffer block to block anymore. Right, and so and these gangs are getting LA... more bold, and you know, business the drug business is good. It's still doing it's very well, and you can undercut the legal stuff all over the place. Certainly, LA has this new DA too. Who's essentially said he's not. Well, that's the other anything. factor in all of this is that they've released violent, violent criminals into the streets. That's true too. From COVID, they started releasing people, so that's Ooh. true. I don't know. It's very interesting, and they've been uh, putting people out on bail who shouldn't be out on bail. That was one of the more interesting ones in um, in the town we moved from. There was a person who lived not very far from where we used to live, actually, just a couple blocks away, who was a um, a habitual sex offender. Somebody who got picked up doing peeping Tom stuff, masturbating in parking lots at people. Like just You're really rated our ex tonight, Alice. Sorry. I don't know. That's just this person. And he like kept getting caught for this stuff. And um the mass bail fund that everybody donated to for the Black Lives Matter stuff bailed him out for thirty thousand right. dollars. <throat> so that's um that's pretty significant. And a lot of people, it was very funny, a lot of people in that town, which is extremely woke now, uh, had donated to Mass Bail Fund and were upset that the guy got put right back in their town. Where, and he had nothing to do with protests oh, yeah, or yeah. Black Not Lives Matter no, no, or no, anything no. else. He had nothing to do. He wasn't arrested for protesting the police. He was arrested for um, being inappropriate in parking lots at people. And um, unfortunately, he got put right back in their town where they released him from with their money to mass bail fund. So, I mean, I do think stuff like that's a factor, but I'd just be curious, like, when the trend started. Like, you know, I assume things weren't up in January and February and March, but maybe Mm. they were. I mean, I don't know. I haven't looked at the numbers. Well, it's always down in winter anyway. But but no, I I don't want to say definitely, but the cities I looked at, 
Because mm-hmm. I looked at this stuff piecemeal for this uh, editorial. Right. Um, it all started in the summer. Right. Interesting. And that's Interesting. when, and that totally makes sense as well. I mean, it started, well, <laughs> all you have to do is look at Minneapolis. We mm-hmm. saw days and weeks of total chaos and carnage. We saw right. Seattle. They, you know, if a new country was built in Seattle, <laughs> the cops were nowhere to be found there. I mean, literally, this stuff was, of course you're going to have, and the, it, things were so bad that they had to get get an AR-15 wielding warlord to be security <laughs> there. I, I mean, this, you're inviting this, and there was a, a huge spate of crime during the Occupy Wall Street stuff, and that was milquetoast compared to this. But, like, when do the normies sort of stand up and say, we don't want this happening in our community? Get rid of the chop uh, people. Get rid of these psychos who no, are, well, I think, like, running uninhibited. Right, but Alice... Many of whom are white, by the way. This isn't about race. This no, is about, no, like, a lot of these people who take advantage of this stuff, in particular Antifa, is, like, Well, a the normies, Alice, were also, in, uh, also enlisted in La Resistance because of the guy in Washington, D.C. So now that there's going to be a new guy in Washington, D.C., maybe the normies will uh, recalibrate. Maybe. Right, because they were going... They were wearing... Uh, the pink kitty cat hats and, the, right. um, you know, doing women's march and we like science and all the other. Right. So, so now- And that got morphed into this crazy stuff that's like way beyond the scope of we just don't like Trump. Right. You know, we don't like Trump, so let's get rid of police. Right. And you had the media the entire time saying you mostly know. peaceful protests. There's mm-hmm. no such thing as violent, riotous you know, arsonists, street brawling, mostly peaceful anything. <laughs> that exa- when you had the moron on CNN talking about the most fiery peaceful- but right. mostly peaceful, it was huge inferno <laughs> behind him. You know that the, the, the fire firemen a lot of times weren't allowed to go engage because they'd, they were afraid they'd get shot because no cops were allowed there because we had to because all police were bad. I mean, this was crazy. This in, in the media c- constructed this this right. falsity over the summer. It was not. It was so nuts, and people they just mm. chose to believe it. Cho- tell me, Don Lemon. You tell me what to believe. You tell me what's happening. You know, instead of seeing the all the well, and we had that. It's just funny because we were told it was a big public health trade off. You know, like, mm-hmm. well, there is a risk of COVID, but you have to weigh that against the public health risk of racism. And black people are just being murdered by the police because of racism. Well, as it turns out, someone is murdering a lot more mm-hmm. black people, but it turns out it's because of the protests and not, you know, something that the protests were trying to stop from happening. This is something oh, that's yeah. caused In by all the, the white coats. So it turns out all that it's lose, 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 lose. Right. It turns out that it's, you know, instead of fighting all these, you know, violent deaths of black people, even if it gives us COVID, we're actually just going to cause a bunch more violent deaths of right. black people and cause more but COVID. But symbolically, Woo-hoo! it feels like the right thing to do. And woke white people in neighborhoods that will never be affected by this get to feel good about themselves. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the condition for... Well, yeah, because for... their protests were peaceful. Meanwhile, the, <laughs> the condition for black and brown Americans, of course, has been greatly diminished in this country over this year. This has been a disgraceful year. A disgraceful year, but you know, we called it, I mean, when you have a bunch of people who go in federal land and try to burn down churches and wreak havoc everywhere, and you report it like this. For this very moment that just happened in front of our eyes, 
Why were we pretending otherwise? Open your eyes, America. Open your eyes. We are teetering on a dictatorship. We are te- This is chaos. The president is a Russian operative. That sounds like the description of a bad Hollywood screenplay, but it is real. And it is Vladimir Putin's greatest achievement. Decades after America's victory in the Cold War and the collapse of the Soviet Union, the president... There are people who believe this stuff. Right. They hear it. They hear it. They say, oh, my God. It's too, right. First of all, Russian uh, Trump is a fascist. He's sending out the troops to hurt and kill people in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. He's sending out resistance. the shock squads in uh, Seattle and Portland in caravans to throw peaceful individuals into there. And God knows what happens to the men. I assume they get their brains <laughs> get uh, bleached and they get, uh, you know, uh, resubmitted as good uh, Trumpsters or something. They suggested that, that Trump was a an active and mobilized operative for the... They didn't suggest it. He, they're saying... He explicitly it. said that, yeah. Yes, absolutely. ...of the United States is now helping the president of Russia help the president of the United States. I want to play that again. Uh, we have to start from the beginning because Lawrence O'Donnell's... I He must have written it himself because... It's horrible. For this very moment that just happened in Let's front of start our here eyes. With Don Lemon. Why were we pretending otherwise? Open your eyes, America. Open your eyes. We are teetering on a dictatorship. Ten years Usually ago. Usually you're teetering on ten, the brink of something. You're not teetering on the thing itself. Ten years ago, but okay. by the way, mm-hmm. had somebody, a news anchor said this. Say we're teetering on a dictatorship because... Federal troops were protecting federal property, mm-hmm. not shooting into the crowd, you know, dispersing people because they've had stuff thrown at them, which is now okay. You're yeah. allowed to throw projectiles. There was at- no Kent State here, right? To exactly. Be clear. Exactly. You would have been so quickly fired. The, the station would have, gone, would have gone to commercial, and the guy would have called the executive producer or whatever, the, the boss, and said, get that guy out of there right now. I want security <laughs> up there to get him out of there right now. But this was treated as news. And then these same newscasters say, the country's so divided, and there's heightened anxiety. I don't understand why. <laughs> we are te- This is chaos. The president is a Russian operative. Listen to this writing. That sounds like the description of a bad Hollywood screenplay, but it is real. And it is Vladimir Putin's greatest achievement. Decades after America's victory in the Cold War and the collapse of the Soviet Union, the president of the United States is now helping the president of Russia help the president of the United States to get reelected. So that (laughs) president of the United States is helping Russia, Putin, to help Trump, to help Putin, to help Trump get reelected. The president of Russia will have four more years of the president of the United States who he wants in the Oval Office. This is one of those shocking news days if you retain the capacity to be shocked in the Trump era by the... How many, by the way, if Putin could have a choice between having President Trump in the Oval Office or having President Obama in the Oval Office, who do you think he wants? I think he wants Obama. Of course. Obama gave him Syria, among other things. Yeah. And Obama was unserious about the threat of Russia, as he demonstrated many times. You know, Trump has a lot of flaws as a person, but uh, I would say that one thing that Trump has is he's not necessarily, like, taken in by people. And, you know, 
I think Obama can be a little bit Pollyanna-ish, where Trump isn't like that. Trump is a shark, and he assumes everyone else is a shark, too. You know, he might not be the best at that game all the time. Like, I don't think he's quite as good a negotiator as he likes to say he is, uh, the stimulus talks being Exhibit A. But um, but I don't think he has any delusions about what Putin is, you know, because I think he looks at Putin and he knows that Putin is not his friend and not on his side, you know. So um, th- that's one thing that I think Trump has in his favor when dealing with Russia. And certainly Obama going out there and saying the 80s want their called and they want their foreign policy back when Romney said that Russia was our greatest geopolitical foe. Um, demonstrates exactly how serious he is or talking into the mic and saying, I'll be more flexible after the election to Putin. I mean, or to the Russian guy, not to Putin directly. But, you know, that's that's the type of thing. Obama was not ready to deal with the big guys on the big stage in foreign policy. And not that Trump necessarily is either, but um, but he's at least a little bit more cynical, I think, about how nice everybody is to him out in the world, you know? No, Obama was very vocally gung-ho about an Iron Rand deal from mm-hmm. the very beginning. It's so much so that Hillary Clinton used it as her biggest weapon against him mm-hmm. in the 2008 debates. Yeah, you would think if the Trump were some Putin puppet that mm-hmm. he wouldn't have done all these deals with Israel that really have isolated Iran and hurt Iran in the Middle East hugely. Oh, there's no um, doubt about that's, that. That's a huge. He's been very antagonistic to Iran, who's mm-hmm. a Russian ally. You know, that's that's a tough one. Um, Trump's if you're a, a big the, Russian the, friend, the thing, which is not right. Not what Trump is. I mean, there's no doubt that. So here's the thing on Trump: the mm-hmm. hit that's good and allowable is this. I would say, Trump definitely is envious of Putin's treatment of the press. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> oh, he and of op- his electoral wins. If yes. Trump, but if Trump were actually getting Putin's help, um, I think you would have seen a different election result in November. Because, um, I mean, look at how Putin does in his elections. Or, he wins or, like or, every I, time with like well, 90%. I don't think the last time the Russians didn't do anything that mattered. And I don't think they, they really can do much. I mean, they could hack the equipment. What they can do is create a, an international event. That right. we can really we can react to and either get mired in or um or you know prove ourselves to be impotent. Sure, but action. what I'm saying is that if Trump, I mean, Putin's already a soft dictator, right? Like he yeah. is, he is. A, well, he poisons everybody. Who he is pretty authoritarian, yeah. but um, but he's not. I don't know. I would call him a soft dictator, but he um. He certainly doesn't lose elections. He doesn't leave a lot up to chance in that regard. And if Trump were what Putin is, which he is not by any standard, he would not have lost in November. And he did lose. I'm sorry, everybody. But Trump did lose. You were saying so many offensive things today, It wouldn't even have been close. Trump would have won with 90% of the vote. And there would have been nothing you could do about it because anyone who questioned it would be in jail or poisoned or thrown off their balcony. If Trump were Putin... That's what you would have had. So for the press, quote unquote, to seriously suggest that that's the situation we're in here politically Mm -hmm. is so absurd. They have no idea what an actual non-free press looks like. They have no idea what an actual dictatorship looks like. Which is one of the reasons why, you know, people that we know who have come from former Iron Curtain countries Mm -hmm. say... What the hell are you talking about? One, they like Trump, and two, they generally say, <laughs> "What the hell are you talking about? You don't understand what it is to not have freedom." 
to have truly a state-funded media that mm-hmm. is run by the state only. If Trump was this guy, Don Lemon would be missing. Right <laughs> or so poisoned or would have mysteriously fallen off his balcony home all by himself. Yes, like, all these maybe people. repeatedly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Lawrence O'Donnell, like all these yes. people. Are you serious? Like you have no idea. And like I say, the election results would have come back. It would have been 90% Trump across the country. Mm-hmm. Trump would have heralded his great landslide victory and nobody would have dared say anything about it. No, that's what if Trump right. were Putin, you can't say that's stuff what like we'd this be in. If you've got a dictator for a president. Trump regime, which might be better labeled the Trump Putin regime. President Trump spoke today with the venom of a black mamba, witch hunt, evil, corrupt, dirty cops. This is after impeachment. Leakers, liars, disgrace. These were the viperous words he spewed in the White Viper. House East Room on a day he'd begun at a prayer breakfast. As I jotted down Trump's words, I wonder what they would mean in a country where the targets of such invective were not protected by a constitution such as ours. They sounded like the language of a dictator unleashing a violent purge that his targets would be unlikely to survive. I have never heard an American president or any figure in our country declare his anger at so many. And you've never had an American president who was completely and aggressively attacked by institutions in this country that we're supposed to believe have credibility and uh, some kind of uh, ethnic, uh, sorry, ethnic, ethic, um, uh, you know, Ethical? polar, um, you know, polar, what am I thinking else? Did I say ethnic again? No. Ethical. Ethic. Um, you pole. said ethic. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I will say, though, that's mm-hmm. Chris Matthews. Right. In his defense, he also tore into Clinton after Clinton got impeached and mm-hmm. had his own defiant I White like House Chris party. I like Chris Matthews. So do I. In spite of the thrill down the leg or whatever. Like, I, you know, right. you, you have a yeah, but I think Chris Matthews at least is a fairly honest actor. You right. Know, he, he is can... what he is. He's a partisan actor, but he's. He's honest about what he thinks and stuff, and he's not. I mean, there's no way Lawrence O'Donnell actually believes he's living in an authoritarian country with Trump as a dictator and that Trump is a Russian operative. That has to be just pure. Right. Well, maybe he could just be nuts. I mean, some people. <laughs> so some either people... he's an insane person or he is simply saying insane things in order to, you know, get attention and get people riled up because that keeps people's eyes glued right. on his show which gets him money you know those those are the two options and there that goes on on both sides that goes on on fox too for sure on it their does. side but there was a time though that when and this is msnbc when mainstream media there was a time even 20 years ago mm-hmm. when not every show was the alex jones show not every show was olbermann now they all are yeah they are. but i mean i think that sells like i think what you're seeing is a profit motive just driving everyone to become pure opinion content because people just want to, you know, have their priors confirmed when they turn on the TV or turn on the radio or whatever it is. I mean, what if we've that seen stops it happen. Selling? So we've seen it happen on our team, quote unquote, like on the conservative side since the election, with all these people being essentially afraid to say that Trump lost the election, afraid to say that there's no longer a path to a Trump win at this point, right? And all these conservative hosts are kind of dancing around it. They don't mm-hmm. really want to say it because they Including don't want to lose. the Daily Wire guys um, and um, Ben Shapiro. And, and the Fox people. And Tucker. 
Yeah. Nobody wants to actually say, although Tucker did, I think, and he got heat for this, but I'm glad he did it. He did call out Sidney Powell when Sidney Powell, he told Sidney Powell to come on his show and show her evidence for all the stuff she was claiming and she refused to. Yeah, but he also stays away from certain words and says Biden will supposedly be, you know, uh, inaugurated this and that. He's... Right. I mean, so, but, but we've I, seen but, that but... happen, but that's because... They don't want to lose revenue. See, on our show, we're we can be honest with you because we're not afraid to lose revenue. <laughs> we can't lose revenue. We, we... And, and also, we we um, in a more general term have lost all our revenue. So <laughs> we can't be any broker. So, um, but it's just it's interesting to me because you do see that these channels, all of them on both sides, are very. In terms of the stuff they're telling you, they're very very driven by only telling their audience what the audience wants to hear well but well obviously that's that's not a healthy thing it's not and you see but, even but what that happened... said though if you're the tucker carlson show mm-hmm. and you know that your audience is hurting and right now they don't want to be right your they, comfort food right but they're also hurting and right now they don't want to believe that you don't want to believe that your wife has just stepped out with another man <laughs> and is never coming back, even though she isn't. So you don't say that around the person because they're hurting. Sure. Sure. I mean, I get that. I, I mean, mean, maybe it's just, I mean, it's very snowflake, though, unfortunately. I know. That, and on, that, January that 20th, on January 20th, Biden is going to be inaugurated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so everybody's going to have to, like, face up to everything here at some point. Are they? Why? Uh, I mean, we've seen. So, what's going to happen on January twentieth? Like, well, when people are a... saying they're going to go celebrate the Trump inauguration on Jan- the Trump mm-hmm. re-election on January twentieth, like, what? What are those people going to do Perf- when Biden is inaugurated? Performative art has been a thing now for four years. <laughs> what did the left do? The left, all the, the Hillary people. Oh, they, they did. Have, they they have, did, but I don't. They I'm, have still not accepted it. I know. I'm not you saying know? that it's unique. That's why to we had guys side. like uh, like Lawrence O'Donnell saying that Trump is working with Putin because. There had to be a reason why Hillary didn't win an election. It can't just be that people voted for mm-hmm. that guy. So that's why that works. That business model works from them. So no, I think a lot of people on the right are are going to live in the, the disbelief, suspended belief, and uh, and uh, yeah, and that is and, that, and you know so so the thing is that a lot of those are really good people. A lot of the lefties too, who are yeah, psychotic. Yeah, but that's what Lawrence O'Donnell's doing, right? Maybe now we're just—I don't know—is it that everybody on the right now gets lawn signs and starts, uh, you know, doing this virtual signaling in every aspect of their life? Maybe, maybe that's it. I mean, what it should be—I mean, really—I mean, the the, th- the thing that aggravates me mm-hmm. is that this was a really good year, <laughs> and a really good election, and if we because of this, if, because in Trump has not been good since election day, um, he gave one. Good speech while killing the the stimulus bill, possibly, which he could Ru- still sign. But he, I will see. He may sign. He signed a bunch of it. stuff that he doesn't like to sign. He's not. He he's not too shameless to say that <laughs> I didn't believe it, but I had to because I. And I don't believe, and that's fine. Nobody, as far as I'm concerned, there's nobody clean in Washington D.C. And when Trump is is most fiercely criticized, mm-hmm. it's when he's acting on par with Pelosi and Schumer. And right. people look and say, "Oh my God, he, he's disgusting. He's unfit." And so I was like, "He's just one of your guys now. He's <laughs> just for the other team. He's playing dirty like you play constantly, right? You know, I mean, right. Trump's just said I, he's gonna that that the his opponent's gonna get you locked back up in chains. I know it hurts when somebody says that, doesn't it? 
But um, that being said, there's still a ton of lefties in total delusion land. I mean, there's a ton of oh, people yeah. who think Trump is going to be in jail soon. Like, I know these people. These are like normal suburban people that you run into at the grocery store that are good liberals that, you know, are nice to their dogs mm-hmm. and everything. And they think Trump and all his children are going to be in jail very soon. Like, they literally think that. What was that that we just said? I mean, I just, just I don't, because, you I know, so there are just, certain kinds of people. Right. Who are violent, who are mean, mm-hmm. who have hate and anger in their hearts. And those people, I would say, are equally distributed to the right <laughs> and left. Yeah. But people think because of the people on the right, you know, have the lawn signs and, you know, the guys wear the pink hats too, that they're, they're sadistic evil bastards on that side. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were just talking about something where somebody appears to be the nicest person in the world, good feminist guy, etc. Oh, yeah. When we were talking about all the Harvey Weinstein people mm-hmm. and the guy who yelled at the woman in the grocery store about not wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what side it is. You never see videos of like a woman screaming at a man in the store to put on a mask. Right? Right. Like you never see a woman going up to a man who's not wearing a mask and be like, you get that mask on, get out of here, and getting up in their face and like yelling at them and trying to intimidate them. It's always some dude yeah. who's trying to like push around some woman. Why? Why? What makes guys think that that's good optics? They love it. Remember how <laughs> how they the joy with which they jumped all over Sarah Palin? I seriously there think was, there's... I mean, they, they love I it. I seriously and there was like, think there's a satisfaction, like a sadistic... Oh, uh, Totally. Like possibly sexual high from doing that. Absolutely, the, the Sarah Palin like rape jokes were a thing. It was fine, you know. Yeah, didn't Mike Tyson go on some radio show and oh, have yeah, like a really abs- graphic whole thing about Sarah Palin? Absolutely, about sexually assaulting her. Absolutely, and, and then for Zach Galifianakis wouldn't work with Mel Gibson because he had a anti-Semitic racist rant when he was plastered one night. But he was happy to work with Mike Tyson, you know, who um, mm-hmm. not only went on that rant, but I believe was convicted of rape and went to jail for it. Yeah, it was fine. But no, they know that they're good people, so they're allowed to be misogynists, and through history they have been. So mm-hmm. where we are. Speaking of being yelled at in the store, a woman was yelled at in a pharmacy, and I don't know where I am on this, Alice. I will tell you this. I'm... If there's a store policy saying you have to wear a mask, wear a freaking mask. Nobody in the store wants any trouble. Half of them probably don't believe in masks anyway or whatever. You know? Mm-hmm. You know they are? That said, this is why 2020 is a great year because right. everybody sucks. That said, if you're a person who's calling people out for masks and then saying it's everybody else's life, it, it is BS. If Trump, mm-hmm. if Donald freaking Trump had been Mr. Mask since day one, half of the other half of the country would not wear masks. And you would have public health officials saying, no, we don't know that they're really useful whatsoever. So here's a person being, um, what I hate even more, everybody in this video is awful. Is <laughs> a lady who's not wearing a mask. There's a woman who's lecturing her about it. And then this older woman comes in and tries to, please take the ma- take this mask, take this mask. And she's even pathetic. Everybody in this, in this thing is terrible. So I've seen a lot of comments about the mortality rate for COVID-19. More specifically, people like to focus on Oh, the no, survival- that's not it. Here we go. There's like 36 people with COVID in the ICU. Whenever there's a flu, there's only two or three patients at a time in the ICU. But literally the entire hospital is COVID patients. Mm-hmm. This has never happened. And ever how, and how many, I'm not saying there are, I'm not saying COVID's not real. I'm just it's, saying I'm not sick. 
I'm not sick and asymptomatic spread has been shown to be a myth. So why am I going to be treated like a sick person? Do you know that there have been fewer deaths? By the way, I've done my own research on this. And according to public health officials, Mm -hmm. air quotes, air quotes, asterisk, Mm -hmm. asterisk to the thousands, Mm -hmm. asymptomatic people can spread this from what I've seen. What are you seeing? Yeah. So there's there's some semantic wordplay happening here because there have been some studies that have shown that quote asymptomatic people can't spread it um but who can spread it are pre-symptomatic people so if you're a person who just gets a very mild case of covid Mm -hmm. and you don't really ever develop symptoms through the whole course of your illness then you're asymptomatic right Right. and you don't really spread it because you never have a high enough viral load that you're going to give it to somebody else but you can have somebody who is about to get very sick from covid has a very high viral load in their system but has not yet started to show symptoms and that person can spread it even though they're not showing symptoms yet they're a day or two away from showing those symptoms but they can have a high high enough viral load to spread it to other people. They can have enough virus in their symptom in their system that they can be breathing it out on other people. So saying that asymptomatic people can't spread it is technically true in one sense, but it's also a little bit of wordplay because you can have people that aren't showing symptoms yet, but that can spread it. And most people would call that asymptomatic, but even though right. that's and not- that's where having trust mm-hmm. in the task force team members <laughs> would be something crucial. Crucial. But people don't have trust in task force members because something like that debate mm-hmm. is something that they have told us that they will lie about if it creates right. a mobilization of Americans to show an abundance of caution. Mm-hmm. So that's a problem. That is a problem. And right. it being an election year is a problem as well. So today I tweeted out our uh, editorial, Fauci, Fauci Untruths Erode Public Health. Mm-hmm. To which a well-known columnist, two well-known lawyers slash columnists, have um, have responded to me. Great, uh, <laughs> I'm already see. worried about this. <sighs> uh, yeah, we'll see what happens here. Hold on, I have to find this here. Okay, one is a syndicated columnist slash lawyer slash uh, friend of your family, uh, Jeffrey Robbins. Okay. Who says, uh, you got to love this. So he's quote tweeting my thing. Fauci untruths road public health. Because they do. Because Because Fauci said to stop wearing masks. And corporations in America told their HR departments and legal departments said, okay, send out the email saying that that nobody needs masks. And people said, oh, I don't need a mask. Among other things. That was mm-hmm. just one of his... Uh, his um... Yeah, or he tells us that he on purpose lied to us about how many people need to get the vaccine because he felt that we weren't ready to know the truth yet. I mean, like, right. how does that help public health that you're admitting that you're willing to lie to us if you think it's not what we need to hear? So one of these... So this is uh, the syndicated columnist, Jeff Robbins, who's mm-hmm. a nice enough guy in person. Grew up about two blocks from him. Says, you gotta love this. It is Dr. Fauci's untruths that damaged public health, not the president who deceived the American people about the pandemic and permitted it to ravage the country. Welcome to Pluto. 
Uh, I think Fauci was in his current position at the time that the president, quote unquote, deceived the country. Was he not and approved right. of what the president said at the time? Right. And so, subsequently approved what the president said as well. And, you know, it just it really bothers me because I feel like people like deliberately misinterpret the stuff. If you ever criticize St. Fauci that you're mm-hmm. the bad guy or whatever, you know, but I'm not saying that. His advice right now isn't right or whatever, or that people shouldn't wear masks. And in fact, I'm saying the opposite. I'm saying that his statements early on about masks that he's admitted were not, you know, based on the science at the time, but were based on what he wanted people to do at the time, that he lied on purpose because he felt there was a PPE shortage, that that has now made fewer people trust in his advice about masks. Mm -hmm. And so yes. if you think that masks stop the spread, which I think they probably do at the margins, maybe not as much as some people think that they do, but I think that masks probably help a bit. Um, if you think that masks help, then you should be upset that Fauci lied at the beginning and said that masks don't help right. because that does nothing for getting people to wear masks now. Right. And I actually don't know if Trump has ever adamantly stated that masks don't work. I know that he doesn't like them. That's very obvious. <laughs> but that doesn't even matter. Because <clears throat> over half the country hates Trump and would never do anything. It would do the only opposite of what he says. Right. Anyway. If Trump said to wear masks, half the country would go out and hold mask burnings the next day. So the other lawyer is Josh Davis, who's also on tri- Twitter, is also a good guy. But, you know, these guys, when it comes when you go outside of the legal profession, <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, so he says, very disappointing at Tom Shattuck knows better. Tom Shattuck knows better. Rather than just simply chart, in the people in left should be right there with me, that right. Fauci has lied to us and bragged about it, and that is unhealthy. So right. I responded to them, this is five hours mm-hmm. ago, saying, both of you are esteemed lawyers and debaters. I welcome an example of something you take issue with in this editorial. <clears throat> Nothing. So that's over. That's over. It was all about, you know, it's because Trump, 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 Trump. There was nothing, because- obviously neither of them read it. I understand that. Right. But they see the headline and they say, wait a second, this is it's Trump. No, Trump has to absorb all the blame for everything. Nobody else ever did anything bad. Mm-hmm. It's got to be Trump. Bad, 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 bad. <clears throat> and it's like now you would think now in the pandemic right. that is life and death. And you keep telling me, you heroes uh, on the left, about how lives, this is more, this is not political. This is about lives and lives and lives and lives. Well, if it's not political and about lives and lives and lives and lives, well, then you would think that you would uh, scrutinize. Everybody in the healthcare field here making decisions because this is about lives. Right. But I no. mean, I think about this all the time because I think about the person that you talked to who worked at a company um, and emailed their boss because this person is immunocompromised and emailed their boss to request that people in the office <clears throat> could wear masks. And the boss said no because the CDC doesn't recommend masks and says they make things worse. And I think about that person being put at risk and I think about how many other people across America were put at risk because people believed Fauci at that time. Right. Really? I mean, like, that's... And if you care, supposedly, about public health, then that should bother you. It should bother you that Fauci lied to people because he was worried about a PPE shortage. Right. And that was memorialized into uh, memos in companies, in corporations. Mm-hmm. Right. Giving people guidance. You know, mm-hmm. and these people are, these human resources have very intimate relationships with these employees, with healthcare, et cetera. And so that was memorialized in these memos, et cetera. 
you know, at no point was it memorialized in anybody's corporate, you know, email that you should be taking uh, hydroxychloroquine because Trump likes it. No, <laughs> right? It Nobody was the said task that. force disseminations that mm-hmm. were, uh, you know, distributed to people. Right. This was official guidance from official sources that we should all follow to keep safe. And the people that I know that are really, 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 really mad at anti-maskers right now accept absolutely zero responsibility for Fauci and the CDC for their deliberate misleading statements at the beginning of the pandemic that led to a lot of the doubt that people have. It's just it's just one of these things that we live in a free country where there's freedom of press and you're allowed to question official narratives. In China, not so much. You can't really criticize the Chinese government if you live in China. Right. But here, if your government tells you one thing one week and then something else the next week, people see it and they're allowed to comment on it and they're allowed to say it to other people. And so, you know, then people don't believe you the next week when you have a new thing that you want them to do. That's just how it is. And, you know, it's one of the hazards of living in a country where people have a free press and are allowed to talk to each other. But um, it means that you have to be careful what you say and you can't just lie with impunity and tell people one thing one day and something else the next because you have decided that you can control their behavior that way. You don't, Fauci, you're not in charge of China. You can't just tell us what to do and nobody's allowed to question it. Sorry. Right. And, 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 you know, as we mentioned earlier, the full politicization of of uh, these uh, the task force, mm-hmm. you know, giving the um, thumbs up to the riots and the protests in the face of their own uh, recommendations. Right. Uh, was all you need to know that the, that it's been. What's that word that that means diluted that we used my brother unadulterated mm-hmm. it, it, does that mean how use that correctly in this sentence when something's adulterated it's cut with something it's diluted when it's okay. unadulterated it's undiluted so use right. the so the task force has been has been adulterated because because of the protests because they didn't criticize the protests right or something Thank you. what are you trying to say I let's get know. back to the, okay. the uh, drugstore fight for all in 2019 than there were in 2018. Look it up. Fewer deaths overall. All they've done is recategorize all the deaths. This is not what they're telling us it is. It's a- so this is a bit of junk. Um, That's not true, by the way. I've had this fight with. Some I assume there are fewer um, vehicle fatalities. Well, right, but there's some confusion because a lot of people are saying there's fewer deaths in 2020 than there were in 2018 or 2019. That's hmm. not true. We're probably. We're trending. The thing is that there's a little bit of reporting lag with deaths that the CDC reports. So we're a little bit behind. By the time we finish up, if you compare like week over week, how many were reported each week, we're probably running to end up about 350,000-ish deaths ahead of where we would have been otherwise. So we're probably going to end up about 400,000 more deaths in 2020 than we were in 2019. And we expect deaths normally just because of population increase to go up about 50K a year. So we're probably going to have about 350,000 extra deaths this year, mostly uh, heart and lung issues, Mm. uh, which are COVID-related usually. Lie. This is a lie, I'm telling you. It's a lie. (laughs) 
and everyone's buying it. And it will go on and on and on as long as they feed us this lie and we comply with it. And I am done. Tonight, I reached a breaking point. I'm done. I know I'm not reaching anyone Honey, here. Everybody's unhappy. I don't care. I'm not putting that on my face. I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm a healthy. This is a, the elderly woman who's now handing her a mask. Just put uh-huh. it here. Just put this on. Person. I'm not crazy. This is like psychosis. To, for everyone to put all this stuff on their face when they're healthy is insanity. It's absolute insanity. Go ahead. They can't arrest me because there's no law. No, I'm a healthy person. I don't need to wear masks. I like that she's buying a corkscrew. <laughs> of course she's buying a corkscrew. There's nothing, there's, you know, it's one of the very few things that there's no real better answer for, you know, than a corkscrew. So true. I mean, if you're... I don't know if I'm alone in this or maybe this is something everybody does, but, uh, you know, we occasionally got in that situation when I was first in an apartment with other people before we had a corkscrew and somebody accidentally bought a wine that wasn't a screw top mm-hmm. and you had to just shove the cork into the bottle. Yeah, that's low living. That's <laughs> <laughs> and salt and a corkscrew yeah. and you're willing to, like, yes. risk people's lives. I've re- no, I'm not risking anyone's lives because I'm healthy. How do we know that you're healthy? Look at me. Do you understand that symptomatic spread is not a thing? They've already. How do we know if you're healthy? How about this? Get on the other side of the store and leave this woman alone. Right. Just if you think that she's spewing viral particles everywhere, then the absolute worst thing you can do is to stand in front of her and have her yell at you. Well, well, she's trying to record her virtuous intervention. Right, but. I'm just saying, like, right. the, the safest thing is to not get this person worked up. And the thing is, is like I say, the masks is a population-level effect. It's like if everyone wears them, the spread goes down 20% or something. It's not like one person in a store is the difference maker for everybody. Just leave people alone. It's no, not there is it. no asymptomatic spread. There is no asymptomatic spread. I don't have symptoms. I'm fine. I'm not a carrier of disease. This is what I'm saying. They're treating us like we're diseased. You just said, how is it treating you like you're diseased? But then Wearing you're telling a mask me how you is know. not an imposition to, to be careful with other people's no, health. Wait, it's not just the mask. This it's is the, the social epicenter of it's the, the country. Lockdowns. It's everything. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm done. I'm done. You are, you're moving tomorrow, right? So you're, you're going to be... I hope so. I hope someone in here hears me and feels empowered. So, uh, you know, I'm going to give it to the, even though her her um, information is fairly shoddy, I'm going to give it to <laughs> anti-mask woman because she's a much better communicator than the other two. Right. You know, she's and they've obviously never experienced anyone who yeah. has put some thought into this and decided that they're not going to wear a mask because all they've learned is that if you don't wear a mask, it just means that you don't care about other people because they've been getting emails from their public health department saying wearing a mask is a way to show that you care about people. So they're just holding the mask out to her and being like, don't you want to show that you care about people? Here, just take one. You can have it. It's fine. It's not about you. Yeah. Just take they like one. don't. It's not an imposition. She's not saying she's being imposed upon. She's forming a protest against this. And I mean, look, her information's bad about, mm-hmm. you know, asymptomatic spread and how many deaths there are and all this stuff. She's she's not correct on the facts. Right. But that being said, like I think there's an argument to be made that that uh in the face of these kind of oppressive mandates and this weird snitching behavior and the 
just general divisions that are caused by these mandates and government orders and things, that it's sort of worth it to take a stand, even if you think that there is something to all of it, you know? And that's one reason that I do try and call out incorrect information when I see it is because I don't like people building up a point that I actually agree with on the basis of false information, right? Like, like I think that the government has way overreached in terms of shutting down businesses, demanding masks, all this stuff. Um, And I think that they've overreached whether or not COVID is killing people because I think COVID is killing people. I think that's undeniable. But I think that you need to hand people the information in order to assess the risks and let them make good decisions. That's all. That's all you can do. You can't. I mean, I know this is like super, super trite, but the Benjamin Franklin quote about people who will give up their essential liberties for a little temporary safety deserve neither and will lose both. And that's really true. Like you can't buy safety with your freedom. Right. So and I think that's an okay point to make, even if people are dying from the virus, which people are. But I, I, you know, I don't think that you need to base it on denying that people are actually dying from the the virus. Give the reins of power essentially to healthcare bureaucrats Mm -hmm. to save one life becomes a thing. Right. Exactly. And I don't think, and now you do hear people saying this. I see my liberal friends on social media seriously saying, well, maybe we should do this every flu season. Mm -hmm. And that I think is a very, very dangerous slope. I don't want to live like this every flu season. And I don't think it's worthwhile. And, you know, I know that we lose people to flu. I know that we're losing more people than normally we do to the flu to COVID. And, um, and I still think it's worth it to let people make their own decisions. Mass compliance is very, very high. You know, mm-hmm. it's like with vaccines. You don't need every single person to get one, but you do need like 90% of people to get one. And mass compliance is there. I think I saw a graph recently that showed that, you know, the lowest mass compliance in any state is like 75%. Right. And, and, the, and the thing is, is that the, the virus doesn't seem to be all that concerned Right, with, it's mostly with following seasonal or With how blue patterns. state you are, as a matter of fact, you know, California is getting its ass kicked with this stuff, which right. is terrible. Um, They're getting what was coming to them. I, I don't think anybody's got to come. I think it's a pandemic. But back to the public health people. This is just a, a couple days before Christmas. This audio is from. Um, and listen to them. They deal in absolutes because mm-hmm. they're, they're not supposed to be, you know, political and uh, cultural leaders. These are uh, clinicians and right. pseudoscientists, or sometimes scientists, mm-hmm. whatever. What's your message? You know, it's uh, it's Christmas Eve. Uh, it's not the only holiday, obviously, uh, happening this month and in the coming days. There's a lot that people want to celebrate, and they want to find joy somewhere. What's your message to Americans this morning based on what you see and what you hope to see in the coming year? Christmas should not be fun this year. Okay, <laughs> okay. well, all right. Good enough. Good, no, no. Fun can lead to all sorts of different bad takes. You know, even on a good year, I guarantee you, you get a bunch of these guys together. <laughs> Last year, you get them together and talk about the health risks during Christmas. There's going to be a lot more drinking than usual. It's going to be more drunk driving. This, the eating is going to be off the charts. Uh, usual. They'll certainly <laughs> spread flu. Last right. year, we were just coming off of the worst flu season in a long time. Back in 2018, you know, we, in 2019, we were we had just had that really bad flu season. So. That's um very important to stop the spread of flu and all this other stuff. I mean, it's just funny, though, because if you ever wondered if it was purely about Puritanism and purity culture, that's absolutely what it is. No happiness. Don't have fun 
on Christmas. Yeah. That's because if you're having fun, it indicates you're not taking this seriously. If you manage to make your holiday miserable, if you put everyone in a mask and open your windows in the 30 degree weather and you make sure that everyone's deeply unhappy, no singing, no dancing. It's like it's like they really believe that making yourself uncomfortable and unhappy has an impact on the virus. Absolutely. No, absolutely. <laughs> Totally, and it's in, in with with the climate. It's a certain like Ludditeism that they mm-hmm. want. You know, show the pain to the weather god. Show your pain to it. We're not mm-hmm. sure what's going to happen, but you're right. Yes, be miserable and sullen. Have a very COVID Christmas, and make sure one right. person touches the crock pot, and four of you are all <laughs> in separate rooms. You and your little yardly, your son, you know, in the park, uh, Pope John Paul Park, <laughs> south of Boston, etc. And it's it's no, it's you need to put on your sackcloth and ashes and beat your breast until you have shown that you've suffered enough for our sins of COVID because we clearly haven't. And if you're not, you will be called out. You will be called mm-hmm. out as a killer and complicit in the right. disease. You know something now that we had told you and we had decided and still, according to the CDC website, something that was of marginal significance, the face mask. Right now is the most important implement in this fight against COVID. This, mm-hmm. is, a, this is the difference maker, even more than the vaccine. Mm-hmm. So I've got a whole bunch of... It's CNN, instead of covering the explosion in, in um, Nashville, where I worked, Alice, at the um, Grand Ole Opry. Oh, you did? You didn't know that? I've never told you that? I don't think you... I knew that you worked at the Grand Ole Opry. I worked at the Grand Ole Opry as a grunt... Pushing tables. Are around. they the same company as the Parker House now? Do we no. This? It, Opry is Gaylord Hotels. So. Oh, okay. Oh, so that's the one we stayed in at CPAC. Correct. It was a Grand Ole when Opry. We saw Donald company. Trump right. in 2015 walk by. Our Grand Ole Opry is mm-hmm. it's f- gorgeous old. Uh, well, this one's not a, it's old right. enough hotel. It's the size of like uh, the Pentagon, as Tony Blair used to say. Um, but. Um, and actually, as part of working at the Opryland Hotel, they took us over to the Grand Ole Opry and allowed us to sing on stage so that oh, we can get cool. a certificate saying we sung on stage. <laughs> I think I sent it to a girl I pined after in the salt fruitless. Dang. So, uh, dang it. Um, so, anyway, uh, I've got a whole bunch of stuff on the media in CNN, like I was just saying, not covering Nashville because they're doing a CNN retro retrospective of about how bad Trump was. Mm-hmm. In case you don't know, they think... Uh, Trump is a liar. You probably didn't know that before. Really? I noticed that about Trump aides on CNN. I mean, there were times in 2017 when Kellyanne Conway was on this network all the time. Uh, I remember interviewing her a few times and feeling like each time it was less valuable. Like I was getting less of value and substance. She's not saying what I want her to say again and again and again. Each time. Did you have similar experiences? And you were doing it almost every week. Uh, And of course, except for the weeks the White House wouldn't provide any White House Trump administration guests. Did you feel like there were diminishing returns because you weren't getting the truth? Not to lead the witness at all, but Jake, just tell us. Mm -hmm. Well, there are some people that are such, um, they're just so mendacious, I just wouldn't put them on air. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Kaylee McEnany, I I never booked her. Uh, Jason Miller from... Uh, the Trump campaign. I would never book him. I mean, these are just people who just, they just tell lies the way that, you know, most people breathe. This guy is your, the harbinger of truth in mm-hmm. Washington, D.C. He's the guy who tells you what to believe and what to not believe. Now, Kate Bedingfield, he is happy to have on. Now, he's yeah, the she's new flack for, he's a new flack for Joe Biden. She's a new flack for Joe Biden. Tapper's already had it in a couple of times. He loves talking to him. It's not constitutional what they're doing. 
we should be focused on what's happening right now. This court is being packed now by the Republicans after the vote has already begun. I'm going to stay focused on it so we don't take our eyes off the ball here. I want to get to the idea of adding justices to the court in a second, but he said it's not constitutional what they're doing. How is it not constitutional what they're doing? Kate? His point is that the people have an opportunity to weigh in on this constitutional process through their vote. And we are now in the midst of... She's not really answering the question. How could that be? I thought only Kaylee McEnany and uh, Jason Miller or whatever... They didn't answer the question. How, she's not answering the question. It seems like almost, she's almost lying to him. The election, millions of people have already cast their votes. And you see that the vast majority of people say that they want the person who wins the election on November 3rd to nominate the justice. That's a poll. That's seat. not the Constitution. So by, by trying to, by trying to, that's, that is their, con their, there's the constitutional process of advising consent. The American people get to have their say by voting for president, by voting for... Jake, she's distributing horse bleep uh, <laughs> all over the studio right now. But no, mendacious liar was Kaylee McEnany. Trump's invented this. Senators, we are now 23 days from the election. Right, but it's not Again, unconstitutional. Millions of millions of votes, millions of votes. They're being voters are being denied their constitutional right to have a say in this process. They Aha, it's voters, their <laughs> constitutional right. That's what I meant to say. That's not what he asked at all. She is somebody right there who's just lying. He's, she's lying and lying and lying and massaging and, tr and, and flacking and uh, contorting and distorting and mm -hmm. and spinning, you right. know, because... That's what she, these people do. Right. She works in Washington, District of Columbia, and it's full <laughs> of these people everywhere. For him to only have the they live glasses for one party to see that somebody seems to be lying to me. Never book her again. This is not productive. Never book her. There are diminishing results. Oh, my God. <sighs> I will say, and I got some other audio. We'll pay this stuff tomorrow. I just want to hit, fit this one in before we go. Wolf Blitzer um, did have, I don't know how we missed this, a week ago, he had this an interview with Nancy Pelosi about the stimulus mm -hmm. BS with the, the stimulus check of, of, of 600 bucks paired with this omnibus pork package. Right. And Blitzer was some old instincts of what we – used to call a journalist were kicking in and Pelosi was not having any of it. I'll tax credit in their proposal either. But let's not go but into that. Yeah, you evidently do that. not respect the chairman of the committees who I wrote these I respect, bills. I respect and all I of you. I wish you would respect the knowledge that goes into getting uh, uh, the, meeting the needs of the American people. But again, you've been on JAG defending the administration all this time with no knowledge of the difference between our two bills. And I thank you for giving me the opportunity to say that to you in person. All right, Madam Speaker. These are, these are incredibly difficult times right now, uh, and we'll leave it on that note. Thank you so much yeah. for joining no, we'll us. Leave it on the vote that you are not right on this, Wolf, and I hate to say that to All you, right. but I feel confident about it, and I feel confident. Just can you imagine how uh, over the top she's being to snuff out any chance of uh -huh. him suggesting it and trying to put him on notice? And for mm -hmm. some of the old time reporters, there's a certain agitation that gets you in a spot that you don't stand for it. Right. And he's saying this is BS. It's about my colleagues, and I feel confidence in my chairs. And it's not about me. It's about millions of Americans who can't put food on the table, who can't pay the rent, and who are having trouble. Them. And we represent them. Getting and by we represent them. These long food and lines that we're seeing. Them. I know we you know are. Them. I'm, I'm just we saying. We represent them, and we know them. 
as we, we say. We know them. We represent them. Don't let yes. the perfect be the enemy of the good, as they it say. It is nowhere near perfect. Madam Speaker. Uh -huh. Always the case, but we're not even close to the good. All right, let's see what happens because every day is critically, critically important. Thanks so much Thank for joining us. Thank you for your us. sensitivity to yeah. our constituents' needs. Oh. I am sensitive to them because I see them on the street begging for food, begging for money. Madam Speaker, thank Have you so you much. Have you fed them? We feed them. We feed them. Can you imagine that? We feed yeah, them. Yeah, Congress feeds me. Shut up, Jesus. Nancy. Oh, my gosh. We'll continue this conversation down the road for sure. <laughs> we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Yeah. Have you fed them? We feed them. Okay, listen, Miss Nancy I, I, Pelosi feeds you. Ice in cream case you lady, are wondering, you know? in case you are wondering where all the bounty in your life comes from, Nancy Pelosi that? personally feeds you. Okay, that's fifteen where dollar ice out. cream containers, a whole big beautiful stainless steel fridge full of them. Unreal. We feed. God. Yeah. There's and don't tell me that Donald Trump is the worst thing that happened to Washington. <laughs> that thing runs Congress right now. Have you any housekeeping else? Uh, so I did want to bring up one thing that I thought was really interesting that I saw that Bethany Mandel tweeted this morning that I thought was just so right on um, about 2020. And I'm sure you've seen a lot of this like cuteness about how it's the worst year ever. And like you can buy a dumpster fire ornament for your Christmas tree that says 2020 on it and whatever. Um, but Bethany Mandel tweeted this. Have most people who spend their time online complaining about 2020 actually had a bad year? Lost a job or a loved one? Most folks I see basically missed out on a vacation. Complaining about 2020 has become a sport. And the constant negativity is a spiral. And people wallow in their imagined misery. It is bad for your mental health to spend this much time convincing yourself that your life is miserable. You know, and I think that this is a really good point. People did this in 2016, too. It has become a sport. It's a thing to, like, who can out 2020 themselves? Like, you're going to have a little toilet paper ornament on your tree. And the people buying this stuff, the people doing the, like, cute 2020 Christmas card uh, about what a bad year it's been, those aren't the people who've had people die or out of work or anything else. You know, if you lost your job and you're trying to put food on the table, you're not buying little funny 2020 ornaments for your Christmas tree right. about being out of toilet paper. And sort of this whole thing of like the cutesy, I don't know, thing about 2020 being the worst year ever. And and like I say, people did do this about 2016 too, about how it took all the celebrities. It took Carrie Fisher from us. It brought us Trump, all this stuff. It was the worst year ever. Like those aren't the people who are suffering from anything. Like, and this is, also a privileged game. And the whole Trump presidency has been this in some sense, like this performative suffering. And there are a lot of people that have lost it just from 2016 and Trump being president. And 2020 is like the peak of this. It's like the culmination of all this toxic ne negativity that people have brought on themselves by feeling that the world is such a mess and everything's terrible and everything's the worst it's ever been. 2020 is not the worst year that has ever been for humanity. It's been really bad for a lot of people. Don't get me wrong. People have died from COVID. People have lost jobs. Lives have been destroyed by the government meddling in the economy and all this mm -hmm. stuff. I'm not trying to deny that that's real. But if things are going okay for you, and I would say that for you and me, things are going pretty okay for us. You know, like we've been hit by some of this stuff. Oh, like, we got all the important things, obviously. Yeah, I mean, we're I, okay. We're not yes. suffering. I'm not going to put an ornament on my tree about right. how terrible 2020 was. I'm not going to put it in my Christmas card and I'm not going to crack jokes about, oh, 2020, you know, like, right. because it really hasn't been that terrible for me. And I think it makes light of the actual suffering people really do go through when 
you like pretend something terrible is happening to you when it's not. And there's been people that have been in a constant state of that since 2016 and now are have reached new heights in 2020. So I don't know. That's Beth- where Bethany Mandel's tweet got me thinking. So that's what... I, I completely agree with you. In 2015, um, in 2014, and mostly 2015, we started mm-hmm. to interview Donald Trump. And we would started to interview a lot of public... Mm-hmm. Uh, this is over at Boston Herald, the Boston Herald Radio. A lot of um, national politicians. Right. And this young reporter for a website would oftentimes grab our, our audio... And send it out to the world. He worked for BuzzFeed. Hmm. So he grabbed our Trump interviews and it gave us, you know, huge promotional push. And, you know, I eventually, you know, I was thanking him in email and he was like, oh, no problem, Tom, at all. Who you got coming up, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. And he, you know, from, he was one of these guys who was, who was just so thorough. He listened to all of the Herald Radio stuff we did. He listened mm-hmm. to everything everywhere anybody did, Trump stuff, etc. And he'd find and scrape the audio and then promote the person. Always credit, mm-hmm. credit him. So that's Andrew Krasinski. Do you know him? Mm-hmm. So oh, there's somebody who 2020. You know, yeah. This guy is on Twitter. He just lost his daughter in mm-hmm. 2020. Six Less than a year old, old I think. Francesca. Yeah. Um, and you know, this is one of those things where just a few months ago he was tweeting out fun pictures of her, you know, having mm-hmm. being a little baby, you know, and then you know, saying uh, two months ago, whatever, that uh, that she was sick and she needed he needed thoughts and prayers and thoughts and prayers and thoughts and prayers. So for two months, they're doing this thing, like going in there to the hospital, seeing a little girl getting chemo or whatever she was getting, right? Um, you know, mm-hmm. which would tear the shit out of somebody right can you imagine that and then to find out like yesterday that she died mm-hmm. christmas eve she died yeah yeah holy god it's like in that kid they're, they're they're young he's under 30 i think Krasinski. Yeah. and to think that like i mean this has been for everybody for a lot of people listening i think this year has probably effed them up a lot yeah. To, to put it in artfully. And it has screwed us, too. I, mean, I don't know if we'll, we'll be living here this time next year. <laughs> but know. we've got choice. We've got another old place in another state you know, that belongs to the family that we, you know. And, like, we could lose stuff. But the important stuff? Right. No way. I mean, we're rich of the important. In the George Bailey way, we're yeah. rich. You know, we've got yeah. all sorts of stuff that we want. I mean, I just think, yeah. And I think people should be thoughtful when you're making your 2020 jokes about how bad your year has really been, you know, because there are people for whom it has been absolute shit. And Andrew Kaczynski is one of them. So. Okay, Alice, <clears throat> I don't want people to, us to leave anybody with that, with that somber note. Right. By the way, if you are hurting and you're losing stuff, um, let us know. Send us an email. What's our what's the email? Burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com. Because we actually should talk about that, some of the ways that, that people are taking hits this year. Mm-hmm. Or we can talk about our own. And we, we, uh, you know, we started with lead remediation, so we already started <laughs> off kind of – first we moved to this but house. But that had nothing to do with 2020. Right, no, I understand. Just... <laughs> but we start, so we moved to this house, and like everything here broke, uh, you know, two years ago. And then we had lead remediation. And then the 2020 thing happened, so – so there has been, uh, so in like like a um, like a lot of you guys, it meant less income, it meant all sorts of things like that, and so you know. Yeah, but Burn Barrel Podcast was also born in 2020. Oh yeah, no, I'm not saying, I'm, but what I'm saying is, like, if you've had to make changes 
Like mm-hmm. for us, I guess it, we certainly. I mean, we're at the, we're so lucky because at the point at this point, like we certainly are not taking any vacations. You know, yeah. I'm technically going to be on vacation this week. I'm not going. We can't go anywhere. I'll be working. You know, really. <laughs> you know, uh, although I'll be working filling in for Todd Feinberg too on WTIC in Hartford. Oh, good. Every to day know. this week. Um, but uh, but if you had to make changes, let us know. I mean, we hear so many people have, whose businesses have folded, et cetera, and just. What are you doing now? I mean, more our neighbors uh, do the grocery thing more. What's that? What's that called? Um, Instacart. Right, and that, and people are taking whatever gig they can. And I respect every one of those. I'm, I'm all for. I actually think Instacart would be fun to do. Let's do yeah. a podcast. You ask me to do it all the time. Yeah, I should. I should oh, start hi. doing it. But okay, we are going to back. We're back with the philosophical questions. Alice Shattuck, you ready? I'm ready. And of course, your son is here to make sure that you can concentrate and answer. <laughs> Uh, always, always. Yes. That's perfect. I love answering philosophical questions. Philosophical with a child attacking me. That's perfect. Question: Does mm-hmm. knowledge have intrinsic value, or does it? Jesus, this is nothing that he's not going to trip over. He's messed up your camera. Yes. Okay. Does knowledge have intrinsic value, or does it need to have a practical use to have value? Uh, knowledge has intrinsic value. How, why? What's the value of it? Um, I think that it's not always known what the practical value is, but I think it always ends up having a practical value. I mean, when Newton invented calculus, um, oh, there goes your camera. There is my camera. Um, you know, when there was no purpose to calculus, there was no value to it. It was just sort of a weird mathematical artifact. But, you know, you wouldn't have a microwave if we didn't have that type of math because it turned out it did have value in the long run. But, you know, our understanding of the universe has value, whether or not we know what the value is of it right now, you know. Hmm. Well, wouldn't having knowledge of certain things actually make you more um, more uh, cautious? In a way that might hinder, you know, boldness of discovery. What do you mean? Like, what's an example of what you mean? Um, damn it! I asked the questions around here. Well, I'm just trying to get a grip on what question so, you're asking. So, for instance, if you know mm-hmm. that, if you know that your search for the new world. As a mm-hmm. matter of fact, could very well lead to the death of half the people in the ship from scurvy, and that you're very likely um, that you don't know. By the way, that there's a hurricane, uh, you know, that's uh, 300 miles uh, south of you that you're about to sail into, etc. Mm-hmm. Not knowing that, but still going ahead and if, if you did know it, then you might say, "No, screw it. We'll just stick to the to uh, getting." You know, but was the, the were the journeys to the new world a quest for knowledge on its own, or were it was it like a quest for trade routes and other sort of more practical things? Well, I mean, I mean, was... I guess when you're asking me if like knowledge, even with no apparent practical purpose, has value in and of itself, then um, then yeah, I think so. I mean, I think all knowledge works out to have a purpose. Well, what if can't with knowledge can't that also bring overconfidence? I knew this guy who, when I, when I was dating my girlfriend from Somerville, I was only okay. 20, she was 23. She, uh, I was one of a few people dating her, I think. <laughs> but okay. anyway, she knew this guy uh, who who had seen her a few times. Mm-hmm. And, 
And he said, she said, I think I'm going to start seeing this guy, Tom. So I think we're going to break it up. And he said to her, just so you know, you know, I'm doing this right now. I'm going to medical school after this. And I'm going to be making millions of dollars in the near future. And you live here. The guy was a real a-hole. He said, mm-hmm. you live here in this crappy neighborhood in Somerville. And if you leave me and don't, you're not with me, then you're going to miss out on that. And your life is going to be subpar, essentially, he said. And he said, just so you know, most women wouldn't choose to leave me. She didn't have any knowledge at all. Mm-hmm. She only had like her instinct and free will. Okay. And she said, oh, well, that's fun. See you later. Have fun. Bye-bye. And he eventually ended up groveling and breaking down and, and couldn't believe that. His... She didn't take him up on his yes. very tempting offer. Yes. And his, <laughs> uh, yeah. His, um... Well, that's just, I mean, wouldn't you say that that's a different type of knowledge? Like a knowledge of people? Like Maybe, that but I think that his. sensed that his uh, play was bluff. Or that she had enough natural street in- instincts to see him as being weak and not worth mm-hmm. whatever he was saying. So do you think- And he thought that he was so well credentialed because mm-hmm. and he had certificates that memorialized all his knowledge. That should be enough. Right, but is that the same thing as not I mean, there are all types of knowledge, right? But if she knew the whole world then she might think there was something to his stuff. Yes. And she'd be doing much better than she probably is. I just don't... Hmm. So you think like she would have made a different choice if she had had the knowledge? Very possibly. So you're thinking that the said, knowledge would be valuable to her? Well, she... Or do you think this was a good choice by her? I thought it was a kind of a remarkable choice by her because he tried to present his bona fides mm-hmm. to her and she, with her instincts, saw him as having little value regardless of that. Yeah, so I would argue that instead of not being that knowledgeable, she just had a different type of knowledge, a, an understanding right. of a deeper truth about the type of person he was and... Maybe not about the specifics about the type of life that he could offer her, but she had a a knowledge of the of the type of life that she would have with him on a relationship person to person level. So right? you're saying essentially is books is dumb, Alice, which will be available <laughs> from our merch merch store. Maybe even tomorrow morning. Maybe Monday if it's Monday now for you, that may be available. Yeah, so you should take a look. That will be shop. Um, you can check there starting Monday morning for our merch store which will be live at that time that's shop.burnbarrelpodcast.com um, in the meantime you can check us out on Twitter at burnbarrelpod facebook.com slash burnbarrelpodcast on parlor at burnbarrelpodcast you can send us an email burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com if you have more to take off, you can. I can. I can. Um, I want people to also take a look out for our YouTube channel, which is Tom Shaddock's Burn Barrel on YouTube, where you can find video versions of these podcasts. You can leave comments. You can like our videos. And you can now subscribe. Now you're running out of sound. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. 
Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.